from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. So we'll, uh, we're going to check in with Bomani Jones in a little bit. Plenty to uh, get into from S2 Cognitive Test to Bye Bye Dan Snyder uh, and, of course, the NBA playoffs. But we also have the draft. The Carolina Panthers have the number one pick in the draft. Uh, all sorts of speculation as to who it's going to be. It seems that everything has shifted in favor of Bryce Young. Who? How will Bryce Young pan out? We don't know. But we have enough data now with the Carolina Panthers where I think we can come up with a definitive top 10 best and top worst draft picks of all time for the Carolina Panthers. Joe, do you want to start with the best or the worst? I don't think number ten. I don't think we're going to be able to follow how spicy the worst is. So let's just wade into this. <laughs> okay, with their best pick starting number ten, all time t- Panther Carolina Panthers best draft picks, tenth best, nineteen ninety six second round with the forty third pick. Carolina Panthers select receiver Masin Muhammad from Michigan State. Muhammad would play 11 of his 13, excuse me, 11 of his 14 NFL seasons with the Panthers, including the 03 season where he helped them mm-hmm. reach the Super Bowl, led the NFL in receptions in, in 2000, led the NFL in receiving yards and touchdowns in 04 with the Del Homie, Jake Delhomme, huge target on the outside, mm-hmm. a bedrock of their offense, and just a, a great value pick in the second round, Joe. When you look at when we go back and look at these things, you have to look at, well, who who else mm-hmm. could they have had? Your value does matter. Right? Because right? obviously they were looking at receivers in the second round and the other receivers who went around Muhammad in the second round. Bobby Ingram, good slot receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you have other players taken that you're like, well, wait a second. They're much better off than having Derek Mays yeah. from Green Bay, yeah. uh, the old Notre Dame receiver. And the only other receiver taken early in that, uh, even early in the third round, is not a guy that you'd be like, oh, man, I can't believe they didn't take. Now, in the later in the third round, the 49ers did take a Hall of Famer, Terrell Owens, but <laughs> now we're getting 40 picks away. I don't uh, think it's realistic although, to although, say. Jeez, can, can, you, can you imagine? Can you can you imagine? That's T.O. and Charlotte. And Charlotte, that would have been a – With, with Jake DeLone? I don't know if that was going man, to that, work. That would have been a, that would have been amazing. The content would have just been off the charts. Off the charts, amazing. By the way, if you want to wow your friends at the next Super Bowl party, you can drop this little fun fact. Do you know who has the longest touchdown reception in Super Bowl history? The Moose. That would be Moose and Muhammad when the Carolina Panthers lost to the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl in Houston. So, all right, Moose and Muhammad, number 10 on the all-time greatest Panthers draft picks. So Uh-oh. who would be number 10 in the worst Panthers Uh-oh. draft picks? Uh-oh. Dennis and I decided that, you know, listen, this is radio. You got to lean in. It's funny. I let you two handle the worst I, I kind of focused on best. I have really strong opinions on best, and I only have one real strong opinion on worst. But anyway, who is number 10? Oh, brother, this guy stinks! This is not exactly fair, mm-hmm. but the truth of the matter is, at number 10, yeah. on the Panthers' worst draft picks of all time, the 2021 draft, the Carolina Panthers <laughs> with the eighth <laughs> pick yeah. from South Carolina select cornerback, 
J.C. Horn. Yeah. Give me a butt, Joe. But, but Joe! He's still active on the team. He's actually pretty good. And he's actually really he's good, good. When he plays. Yeah, that is a problem. Okay. That is a problem. He, he has not been able to stay on the field yeah, to that's justify. Fair. That's fair. Because, again, you have to look at, well, who could they have taken with the eighth pick? Oh, Oh, let's let's just let's skip the fact that we don't, you know, nobody knew what Micah Parsons was going to be. So I'm no. not I'm not going to hold Micah Parsons against them. I am going to hold Justin Fields against what? them. Though, whoa, 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 whoa! Because we don't even know what Justin Fields is yet. I think if you had Justin Fields in place, you certainly don't have to trade Christian McCaffrey. You don't have to trade oh, DJ I Moore, see. and I then see. use those two assets to move up. Now, I see. If they take CJ Stroud with this number one pick. It's almost so as if... Oh, hold on. You're punishing J.C. Horn for... Well, the injuries, first of all. Okay, injuries you gotta matter. Be, I, I the get best that. Ability, top the 10 best, worst? The best ability is availability. And by not taking a franchise quarterback or even attempting to take a franchise quarterback yeah. with a top 10 pick, I think this will go down as one of their big mistakes. Okay. Yes. Okay, so you're projecting here. Part of it is a projection. You're, you are projecting. But, but part okay, of it is, got again... It. Got it. This is not a premium position as well it's to not. use on, right. to use the eighth pick on. So I'm, I'm with you on that. You kind of have to that. look around also the picks that were made. All right, we're counting them down. That means we are ten days away from the draft. That was your top ten best. Your top ten worst. I promise you're your gonna, bottom. 10. I promise you're gonna love the worst pick of all time. Oh boy, you got your top ten, your bottom ten. <laughs> More great news for carry commuters with the new Go Carry app. You can track your bus live on the interactive map feature. Stay informed with the latest news and service updates right at your fingertips. Save your favorite locations and routes for quick and easy access, making your daily commute a breeze. Plus, with the Go Carry app, you can easily connect to GoCarry.org for even more resources and information. Best of all, the Go Carry app is absolutely free to download on the Apple and Google Play stores. Go carry, where getting there is just a tap away. The OG alongside Joe Chilio. I'm Joe Ovias. If you miss anything from today's show, check it out on the Best of the OG podcast. I just realized why Dennis signed off on that. Why is that? J.C. Hork went to South Carolina. Ah, I see. 100% factored (laughs) into my decision. I see. I see. No, I mean, I get where you guys are coming from on the principal aspect of it, but I mean... Bottom 10, one of the worst draft picks of all time for the Carolina Panthers. It's I a mean, bold choice. Look, you came out of the just, gate bold. I was say, you got to come in hot. This came is radio, hot. Joe. You're, You're three. Right. This isn't your one anymore. Wait till people get to my overall number one best draft pick of all time for the Carolina Panthers. I, I think we're in agreement okay, on this I one, you actually. Are in agreement I think on that you, one. you have to factor that We will unveil that on draft day. Correct. Uh, Bomani Jones, ESPN Game Theory. Uh, oh, he says he's on. Uh, we'll double check on that one. Uh, let me know when he's on. Um, we'll check in with Bomani Jones here in a little bit. Uh, while we, okay, now we have Bomani. Bomani Jones. We'll do this again. We'll do it live. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's going on, man? Hi, Bo. How are you, man? All good. There's only like two options for the number one Panthers, like best draft pick, right? Yeah. No spoilers now. And they didn't get along. 
Oh wow! So <laughs> hmm, that that throws a wrench in. It, this is radio, bro. About, wouldn't have had an opportunity to get along. <laughs> well, that's you know they never really did have an opportunity to get along, but they both had big personalities, and one of them had to go. One was the future. Oh, oh. Those two. Those Got two. I, I, who must be your number three was my potential number one. Um, I did tried. He, did he play basketball at UNC? Yes. Okay. Yes. Oh, yeah. no, I didn't try. No, one. I'm arguing with him. I'm arguing with him about Julius Peppers. Please, Bo Monty. I, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out how the can't miss no question Hall of Famer, like <laughs> the most can't miss no question Hall of Famer this franchise has ever had. Like he can be two at worst. <laughs> He's number three. He's not. Wow. He's not even your three. No, he will not be number three. No, he's gonna be number three. No. We're gonna have to. We're gonna no. fight about this. Wow, I'd love we're to gonna, see just gonna... how much you're overthinking this one. <laughs> no, well, this this is Joe Gillio we're talking about. He yeah. tends, we do a match game in the five o'clock yeah. hour, and the man's brain operates where you can say a word and like the most obvious thing, and he's like doing six degrees of separation. His brain works in a very very strange way. Um, speaking of brains. What do you think of the S2 cognitive test that has been the trendy thing to talk about, at least in our circles now, because the Panthers are picking a quarterback? And one of the arguments that's being made in favor of Bryce Young that overcomes the frame discussion is that he's just acing this S2 cognitive test, which is a lot more involved than the stupid, never should have been used wonderlick scores that we were obsessed with 10 years ago. Yeah, I mean, I've never seen this test. I'm unfamiliar with this test, but I feel very confident that the people at the football operation that are going to wield this as a tool don't know anything about how to use the test. Thank either. you. Like, Thank like you. That's, that's my only thing. This thing may be really, really effective. Sure. In the hands of the people that we're talking about, probably not. Look, man, if you're okay with taking a little quarterback, go ahead Just and take a little quarterback. Just say it, man. Just say it. And that's, and that's the thing. Nobody's questioning whether or not Bryce Young was really great at Alabama and he doesn't have good tape and everything else. You basically have to admit that you're comfortable with taking an outlier. Straight up. Yeah. It's okay. Just own right. it. Here's my thing. I think you got this number one pick, and I guess it becomes a little different or trickier because they traded to get there. And since they traded to get there, I would get how you might want to take – maybe the safest pick like I think Stroud is probably the safest and then followed by Young but with every passing day I'm like dude swing for the fences and go get Richardson like if oh, you want to have the chance of having a I superstar see. quarterback the soup the, the superstar potential is right there but and that is, I don't know with Anthony Richardson I feel like there's a little bit of a sample size problem I mean, what do we really know about Anthony Richardson? I mean, it's not like it didn't work out that well for the Panthers the last time they drafted a quarterback who only played 13 games. I now, mean, you can but... make the argument that when they did that, that Cam Newton was definitely a better college player. There's no question about it. <laughs> okay. But as far as it is being a professional passer, okay. he was just you. about as raw. I got you. I got you. All right, I got you. But Monty Jones, Game Theory, HBO, Right Time is the podcast. Um, we've been discussing NIL a lot, and it's obviously affected how uh, basketball roster management is playing out here. Uh, we've seen this play out at Duke. You know, obviously Hubert Davis has to go work the transfer portal. NC State's in the same boat, too. I, I set this up to tie a conversation to what's really, really hot right now in the NBA and Zion Williamson. Do you feel, and I understand it's easy to say, well, he was the number one pick in the draft, so how do you not go? But I'm still convinced that he really never really wanted to leave Duke. And I feel yeah. like in this day and age, he probably would have come back because he really enjoyed college, and maybe that would have been the best thing for Zion. 
No, I think Zion would have been a different case because there would have been a level of growing up endorsement money that was waiting on him that would not have been the same for a lot of the other players um, that we discussed. I do think that for some of those guys on the fringe, like uh, the big boy at Kentucky, mm-hmm. um, Oscar, I can't remember how to say his last name. Yeah, like that's a dude that would have been like, look, my draft stock isn't getting any higher. I might as well get out of here, who then stays because he gets the money. Yeah. But I think he winds up winning by staying because the truth is, the biggest thing he's ever going to say about himself is I was Kentucky basketball star, right? These dudes are cheating themselves for this short money on NIL when in reality the best game that you could play is to stay somewhere for four years and make some friends. But Zion, I think he was playing a different caliber of a game, and I think he probably still would have gotten out of there. But, like, the Zion Williamson equivalent in women's basketball, oh, she tries to stay for eight years if she can. (laughs) Well, well, the twins just left from the Cavender twins just left yeah. Miami. They're, they're, yeah, I mean that, that that was that was getting in the way of them making more money, right? Right. Fair. Angel Reese, Fair. Angel Reese might stick around and get a farm D. Do you think that we talk about these things a little bit better now, though? I mean, Jillio and I had a, a a bit of a like you were having a hard time understanding. Was like I got to be Zion. I don't feel like Zion, and I under I interpreted that as he's just not mentally there. He might physically be there. But he's just not mentally there. And if you don't feel mentally prepared to go play basketball, that can do all sorts of different sorts of damage as well. I'm I'm okay with him not feeling like Zion. I think his teammates tend to understand it too. I guess do his we? His teammates came out and were, were fine with it. Do like, we they were supporting it. It would have gone better if he hadn't used the third person. Fair. If we just take the third person out of that clip entirely, it lands different. Like, you look at that clip of him dunking in the layup lines. Like, he, he didn't look ready for the dunk contest, right? Yeah. He, he did not appear ready to jump off a trampoline. He's clearly not right. Now, the thing is, all we know is that it's a hamstring injury and that he had this injury set back. And it just gets us all back to where the real beef with Zion comes down to when people get up and say something. It's not because he's hurt. It's because he's a person that people think is fat who got hurt and this country really hates fat people and really resents the idea of a fat professional athlete like once they get past the point of being a jolly entertaining time mm-hmm. and now there's expectations of the fat person then all of a sudden oh, it goes in a different direction is that, oh, that self loathing though bo that this country hates fat people like i mean it's a little most of us I mean, it's Look a like little me, tough not me. like yeah. you. Yeah. yeah, it's a little tough for me to get into this discussion. I just can't relate yeah. in so many ways. Well, you're but blessed I just... with a metabolism. I mean, what are you yeah. going to do, right? Right, but I, just see, but I just see it happen, though, with Zion. I think that's really what it comes down to. Because right. in the end, yeah. like, do people think this dude wants to get hurt? And their belief is he's hurt because he's not trying hard enough. And that is only a presumption made of fat people. Man, DJ Burns next year. People are going to come after him if he doesn't uh, produce. Huh, Joe? I mean, did that to BJ Anya back in the day at NC State. But Monty I mean, Jones, Sha- I mean, remember, I mean, Sean, Sean May. May. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Sean May. Same boat. I mean, but the production outweighed those questions, at least his senior, his final year. Carolina's it did. Junior, but year. then once he got to the NBA and he just was struggled back. to maintain the level of conditioning necessary yeah. to play in the NBA, it yeah. wasn't because he wasn't trying, right? Like there was a place that his body just could not get beyond. Bomani Jones, ESPN, HBO, The Right Time is the podcast joining us here on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. That's Joe Elvius. I'm Joe Gillio. Let's, let's stick in the NBA, Bo, because uh, the East, I think the champ is going to come out of the East. I, I think it's either Milwaukee or it's Boston. It's probably Milwaukee. In the West, though, this thing's kind of fascinating to me. I, I had, I've always kind of resigned to the fact that LeBron is probably not going to win another title. I thought the last one with the Lakers would be his last one. 
I'm not saying they're going to win it this year, but it wouldn't surprise me if they came out of the West. Would it surprise you if the Lakers it, came out of the West? It would not surprise me, but only because I have no argument like definitively for anybody in the West. Everybody's got a claim, except apparently Sacramento, that everybody everyone's writing off. Everybody <laughs> wants to play. Like everybody's like, "Yo, we got. We wish you could have got Sacramento." No, I I don't have great arguments for anybody. Therefore, I don't have great arguments against anybody. The toughest thing about them getting out is. You just need Anthony Davis and LeBron James to not get hurt for two months. Both of them did not get hurt for two months. When the hell is the last time that happened? 2020? It's asking a lot. <laughs> but Monty Jones joining us here on the OG. Uh, before you came on, J- Joe was saying something about like, uh, but Monty's even tweeting about Michael Jordan again. I'm, and we, we kind of have I like get a, easily triggered by Michael Jordan. He's super triggered by Michael Jordan. It's like every day is Michael Jordan Day on we, the internet. We find some way to Like, celebrate. oh, have they sold some shoes? It's Michael Jordan. Oh, there's this movie about the shoe sale and everything. We're selling him on the shoes in the Air Jordan. I'm like, okay, how many? It's 223-23. Like, everybody's excited about this. And then there's his actual birthday. It's yeah, legit. I yeah. mean, it's basically Michael Jordan Day on the internet. It's like a cat day on the internet. <laughs> yes. Like, you, you don't have to go too far to, to find the discussion. Um, and now he's a now we're retconning that he was an activist. I I, I don't know. I don't know, Bo. I, I liked your take on this, but I don't know, Bo. Yo, the activist thing was interesting because the editor of the piece called me and was like, "I saw you had some criticism." Oh, <laughs> oh boy. Like, okay. Yeah, this is this is the life of being me. I don't I don't just get to have opinions no more. Right. You right. know, I like I don't I don't just get to. The argument that you make for Jordan, not so much as activist, because Harvey Arrington, who wrote the piece, did not call him an activist. That's the headline game, right? Mm-hmm. Right. The argument that you make is that Jordan made it easier for the guys who came after the after him. Like, can LeBron make all this money if not for Michael Jordan? No, that's not going to happen. Did Jordan do that for anybody else? Of course not. That's not really how Michael Jordan's brain operates. No. The thing that worries me about the discussion about Jordan is providing this potential for advancement and everything else is that it is looking at activism and whether the headline said it, even if Harvey didn't say it, that was the positioning that was kind of being made here, like Jordan as an engine for some form of change. It is a change that benefits bourgeois, probably already going to be fairly rich people. I do not believe that that's the space where this needs to happen. Now, I think Mike has done some things that he doesn't get credit for, like the hiring that he does with the Hornets, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of black dudes in high-ranking positions that would not be there probably on other teams, but mm-hmm. Michael Jordan is dedicated to that. I mean, he's a dude from Wilmington. Go look up the history of the place if you're not familiar, and it informs a lot of how Michael Jordan gets down. I imagine his views on those things are incredibly cynical um, as somebody who was from that town. But Jordan tried to get his money. Jordan got his money. It was pretty amazing he got his money. He is a one-of-one one anomaly. We can leave it at that. Mm-hmm. We don't need to recycle him or try to make him into something that he was not, which is not what I think that Harvey was doing, but I think that Harvey agrees with me that Jordan gets a bit of a bad rap because nobody else from that era has to explain anything. Like, what was Shaq doing, right? Like, like we can go, what exactly was Magic doing? We can go right. up and down the line and find the people who weren't doing anything socially at that time. But Jordan's the only one who ever has to answer for it. And I think Harvey wanted to push back at that. Yeah. We're, we're all of a weird age now where we're old enough to remember all the things that people are trying to revisit. And um, I've experienced this with 90s nostalgia as of late, where there's this way that people want to tell you how it was in the 90s around even like things like pop culture and i'm like no 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 i lived that that's not actually how it happened 
And that obviously has gone over to the sports world where every day to keep the engagement going, we're finding new ways to just be like, isn't Michael Jordan amazing? (laughs) And I feel like this is kind of like a carryover effect of it. And that even extends itself to the sale of the Hornets, right? That's a thing that's kind of going on in the background. And they're trying to like, well, his his time with the Hornets was a failure. And you'll have a lot of people that are going to bend over backwards like, well, let's contextualize it. And I think that's fair for your points because he did a lot in Charlotte that benefited the city beyond just the actual well, basketball time team. too when that franchise yes you know the shine was way off which gets to the actual news of the week of a guy who looks like he's actually finally selling this team for nearly 6 billion dollars that would be Daniel Snyder who never did anything for anybody other than Daniel Snyder. Is it not like the most American story of all time where a man can buy a team for 800 million dollars in 1999? literally run it into the ground be a stain on the shield what do you say like you don't want to go digging around those couch cushions for the nfl because they're already dirty to begin with but that is the biggest stain the nfl has and yet he's able to sell it for six billion dollars yeah now there's a little context which is he bought his initial share for 800 million he then wound up buying up the rest of the Mm -hmm. shares and then we get to the sale at the six so you know there's 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 those levels on it and he one thing we have to be careful about with that team though we have to stop acting like he took one of the great franchises of all time and ran it into the ground because that's not what happened he took a franchise that had a good run under joe gibbs and was otherwise terrible because it was largely owned by terrible people mm-hmm. and then ran that, that into has the been proven after yes. they got, yeah after they already got a little bit of a bump up you know by him being there in the first place the thing that i think that people need to wrap their minds around though you kind of have to separate yourself from the money under a circumstance like this. Okay. Because for us, the idea is how could anybody be unhappy with $6 billion? But it is very clear that Daniel Snyder is an unhappy man who has always had billions of dollars, at least in the time period that we knew him, right? Mm-hmm. It is going to crush his soul that he has to sell the thing that I am sure he wanted more than anything else in this world is that team. Now, what you're also going to find out and where it's going to get interesting is if you look at all the issues that the minority owners had with him about this is, what's his money game really like? Because I am sure that he has taken all kinds of loans and everything else against the valuation of the team mm-hmm. and the stuff that he was doing where oh, he was yeah. charging the team yeah, and all say, of this. He had to pay, him, pay himself the money for the, putting the for a a logo on the, was a on the plane. Head on a plane. Yeah, like I bet he got some things to pay back. But for the league, getting him out of there, they have an underutilized asset. Like, it's going to be interesting to see at what point they try to do something about the Chargers, where it's not the owner's fault necessarily, but Mm -hmm. that's going to be the next great underutilized asset for this league. Yeah, and that's the way that the the wild part is he could have made more because of the way that that franchise is viewed in the NFL and the fan base around it. I mean, it's been 30 years, and people in this area still will lean towards that football team over the actual home team. We still have another yeah. gen. We still have another generation to go. We still got another yeah. generation to go, man. Yeah, you do. Those. Let me tell you, if you still holding on to rooting for this team at this point, I can only think that the only time you thought to, thought to jump off was when they changed the name. Um, like if you don't live in yeah. that era, I mean, but that's but that's what yeah. they sold the team as historically. Yep. Like when people start talking about that, I've been rooting for this team because my granddaddy rooted for the team. The owner of the team thought that the reason your granddaddy rooted for the team was all that other stuff. <laughs> don't blame me. <laughs> he the one he the one that had him playing Dixie because he thought that's what y'all wanted. Can't argue. All right, Bomani Jones. Uh, right time is a podcast. 
I don't think I've talked to you since uh, things wrapped up with Game Theory. Congratulations on another season. Thank um, you, sir. I, Thank can, you, sir. I can see that you're no longer in TV oh. mode. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, and now that I got to shave my own head, I don't know when it's going to happen. I'd also like to let you guys know that The Right Time with Bomani Jones, my podcast on ESPN, has been nominated for a Webby Award. Very nice. So you can go and uh, get at a vote if you would like. We're in first place right now. So, you know, if you want to help me out with that, if you listen to the podcast, I'm not going to beg you to do it, but I would let you know that it's there in case you want to. Uh, I'm, not, I'm mad at you. You spoiled, uh, inadvertently, you spoiled Succession for me the other day. No, I didn't. I'm mad at you inadvertently. He didn't. I know you didn't. Inadvertently. But you cryptically put the tweet, and I'm like, whoa, did something happen to Bo? And now I'm reading, oh. then I'm reading the comments, and it's like, <laughs> so yes, I blame like, you. I, did, I, I, I cursed had, you. I thought, Sunday I night, thought everybody I would you. know. I thought everybody would know what I was talking about, and then people thought there was something wrong with me, yeah. and I had right. to be like, no, I'm just watching a television show. It's not my fault that you did all the two and two together to figure out what I was talking about. It's succession. No. Anything could be a damn bummer on succession. No. Not somebody, people, Joe. somebody put what had happened. Yeah. What had happened. Hey, look, you know and how I was I, like, you know how I found out? Yeah, the, the New York Times. New York Times, RSS feed. <laughs> they did a fake obituary wow. for Logan. I'm like, are you? He's not a real person. Anyway. All right, Bo, we'll talk to you next week, man. All right, man, you guys be good. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.